Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon and welcome to IFPRI. I'm Rajul Pandya Loach. I'm Director for Communications and Public Affairs, and I'm very pleased to welcome you to this event on Food Systems Dashboard, How It Will Work. We're very proud to organize this event together with the CGIR Research Program on Agriculture for Nutrition and Health, A4NH, with uh, the Global Alliance for Improved Nutrition Gain and the Johns Hopkins University, JHU. Thank you for all of you joining us here in person on this somewhat beautiful day. Uh, for those of you who are joining us online from around the world, and for those of you who will be watching this video in the days and weeks to come. We have a very exciting program lined up for you. And without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to our moderator for the event today. He is John McDermott. John is the director for the CGI Research Program on Agriculture for Nutrition and Health, and he will walk us through a beautiful program. Thank you very much. Um, I think as witnessed by both the in-person and online participation today, food systems is a pretty popular topic. Um, there's been 32 major reports by international organizations in the past few years on this, mostly around strategy and framing. And it's a very important topic for low and middle income countries uh, because they're undergoing rapid changes. Um, they see great opportunities, but there's a lot of challenges around sustainability, around the diet transition and health, and around inclusion and equity. And so we need to move on from the kind of place we are now, which is a lot of frameworks and concept and theory, to actually operationalizing what kind of decisions need to ma be made and what we need to do in food systems. And towards that end, our colleagues, as Rajul announced, Jess Fanzo, a professor at, at John Hopkins, Lawrence Haddad, executive director of GAIN, and Arun Kapuria, CEO of iTech Mission, are going to walk us through a new initiative they have on food systems dashboard. So let me introduce, without further ado, um, team, Lawrence and Jess and Arun, please uh, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, thank you for inviting us to uh, come and uh, present the work that's in progress, really, on the Food Systems Dashboard. The, um, how did this start out? It started out, um, for, well, there's sort of three things that really led up to this, I think. One is um, GAIN, GAIN has uh, nine country offices, and we want to be as evidence-driven in our programming as we possibly can. And uh, we were getting really frustrated that all the data that describe food systems or help us delve into national level food systems are really kind of all over the place. Uh, they're in lots of different databases all over the place. So the first job we said was let's, let's pull these together for the nine gain countries. And then we quickly realized that actually we might as well just do this for all countries that are available because it's as much work to do it for nine as it is to do it for all of them. So um, Jess and I had worked together on the Global Nutrition Report and we'd seen the power of having good quality data in one place that you can actually begin to use and track and, and do all sorts of things. I think the other driver for me personally is talking to lots of um, you know, senior officials in the nine countries that we work in, uh, again, um, ministers and director generals and uh, private sector uh, folks. They kind of don't know where to go. I mean, Dealing with nutrition is hard enough, but dealing with food systems is sort of tenfold as big a, a big an issue. And they didn't really know, where do I start and what do I prioritize in terms of the actions I want to undertake if I want my food system to be more promoting of nutrition, of health, of environment, of livelihoods, of poverty reduction, of hunger reduction. Where do I start? And so we came up with the idea of the, the dashboard. Um, so it's, it's a collaboration of GAIN and, and Hopkins. Uh, Michigan, Harvard, and uh, we're also engaged uh, Euromonitor Euro for some of the private, privately held data that we tried to liberate in the course of this. And of course, iTech is is helping us very much with how to make this a usable, uh, user-friendly interface of, of data. Um, why food systems? I, we don't really need to convince this crowd of why food systems. There's going to be a big food system summit in 2021 that's really trying to sort of get beyond, as John said, concepts, definitions, frameworks, to what do we have to do to make our food systems really work for the things we care about. The food systems, it's, it's great in a sense because it's this massive 
nexus of policy uh, instruments that we potentially can use to address all of these things, which increasingly are becoming really indivisible. It's really hard, it's really difficult to justify working on one of these without at least thinking about the trade-offs on the other ones. And Food Systems offers this tantalizing potential to do that. But we really need data to describe the food systems at the national and even sub-national level where we have the data. Uh, we need to, so that's the first thing the food system dashboard will try to do, will be describing a food system. The second thing it will try to do is to diagnose that food system. Which parts of the food system are really in, the, are, are in a traffic light sense green, which parts are amber, and which parts are really, really in trouble? You know, is there a, really a massive food loss issue here? Is there a massive food safety issue here? Um, is obesity and the food environments are they generating massive obesogenic uh, contexts? So that's the second thing, the diagnosis. And then the third thing is to link the diagnosis to decisions. Decisions about what policies, what finance mechanisms, what business model innovations, um, what, what tech innovations need to happen to make the food system point in the direction of the, the four things we really care about. So I'm really glad Jess came up with the title of What Will It Do? because that gives us a bit of time in the future to make sure it will do all of those things. It's not quite there yet. Um, the description part is there. The diagnosis part we're working on and the, and the decision part will have to be linked to the diagnosis part. Um, if we, and you know, if we, we can't measure it, we can't govern it, we can't tweak it, we can't act on it in a, in a sensible way. We, we might end up working on a bit of the food system. And this is, this is the conceptual framework. I don't, I've clicked too fast there, Jess. Let me try this again. Oh, doesn't seem to want to work. <laughs> it's OK. Um, the, this is the conceptual framework we use for the, uh, to drive the data collection and data structuring around the food system dashboard. It's from the high-level panel of experts report that Jess uh, was the chair of back in 2017. And you, can, well, you can't really see it very well, sorry, but I think you'll talk about it a bit later on, right? The, the different buckets. There's a food supply, food environment, individual factors, consumer behavior, diets, nutrition, outcomes, other impacts, and then these external drivers. Nothing terribly um, surprising in, in that, but it's a way of organizing the data. I have a feeling I'm nearly finished here. No, goals. I've already talked about this. Describe, diagnose, and decide. And that's, that's the way I like to think about it and the way it help, helps me think about what this is about. Um, there is an additional thing we've tried to do, which is to try to help decision makers uh, compare their food system to other, food system, other national food systems. And Jess will talk about the typology. Um, the users, that's a long list of users. Uh, in reality, the, the, key, the key focus really is, is the policymakers at the, at, the, at the country level, mainly, and the regional level. The National Stats Agency people and the policy analysts. I, I can imagine the Food Policy Monitoring Unit in Bangladesh um, using and improving the data that we have put together, adding, it, adding their own uh, data that's not in global databases so that they can describe their food system, diagnose it, and then, and then act to improve it. So I think that's it for me. Now I'm passing over to Jessica, whose team, um, together with the GAIN team, have done an amazing amount of work in pulling this all together. Something we, talk, we thought would take a few months has taken much more than that. Those of you who know me will know that that's... Um, yeah, I better stop. I think I've been scolded right now, but anyway. <laughs> Um, so yeah, thank you all. Thank you, Ifri and Rajul, for inviting us, and it's it's great to see the new director general here and support. So thank you so much. Um, yeah, this food systems dashboard has been quite an undertaking, and it, the idea was to try to pull lots of data from many different sources that are capturing and collecting and and displaying food data, but all in different places, and it's meant to pull that all together to make it very easy for policymakers to be able to take a temperature of their food system, look at it holistically, and see where the gaps are, where countries are doing well, and, and do some comparisons. Um, 
Yeah, it has been quite a task. I mean, I've turned gray. Arun has lost all his hair in the process, <laughs> right, Arun? True. <laughs> and, and three people behind uh, Lawrence are intimately involved in the Food Systems Dashboard who've been really doing a lot of the data crunching. So, and they're only part of a larger team. So we've pulled together 150 plus indicators, I think even more now, um, that look at those different elements that Lawrence had outlined around food supply, food environments, very little data usually in, in the open domain, open access domain, um, diet indicators in collaboration with Global Burden of Disease Project and UNICEF, um, drivers of food system changes, so endogenous to the food system, but driving change across food systems like climate change and urbanization and equity type indicators. Um, some individual factors, consumer behavior indicators, and of course, nutrition status and, and NCD indicators. And you can see that the consumer behavior and individual factors we do not have a lot of. But we're also, this is a call for all of you, any of you who are interested in contributing data, please do let us know. We're really open to that. We're gonna have a meeting with uh, Harvest Plus after this. But what one thing that we did try to do is that the data needs to be available for most countries. Because there's a lot of food data out there, but a lot of it's just for high-income countries, a handful of high-income countries. And we really wanted to have an equitable dashboard that's displaying data from low to high income countries. Um, so uh, we have a dashboard, it's been built by iTech Mission um, and uh, with much uh, painstakingly done so. And it really has three different types of views. There's an about page and I'll talk about that and that's really kind of a 101 of food systems. What are the components? How would you potentially navigate the site? Then we have a country dashboard, which is meant to be those who don't really care about data. They just want a snapshot of their food system. What does it look like? And then we have the compare and analyze, which is probably many of you in the room that are data geeks. You want to do a deep dive into data and, and see how things work. So just the about dashboard page is really, um, you can see it, it has these three elements. What is it? Who did it? Um, how, who is it for and how do you navigate it? Um, we then have a whole about food systems, which is really a, a, a walkthrough of what are food systems, um, what are the different elements, uh, what are the outcomes, and then we have a typology section. Uh, Quinn here in the audience developed five food system types from very industrialized to very rural traditional. And maybe some of you who read the HLPE report saw that there was three typologies. We've expanded that, and now there's five typologies to compare uh, across countries. And then we have a whole data sources and methodology uh, section. So let me just walk you through. The dashboard is a work in progress. We uh, picked about 25 indicators that cut across food systems of food supply, environment, consumer behavior, and diets. And it's meant to be just this quick view. Um, and hopefully that will be a downloadable PDF, much like the GNR country profiles for those who want to just put this food system dashboard in, under the nose of a minister and show them some key data. Um, we also have part of this is some diet and nutrition outcomes. So we have four different uh, levels of these outcomes, infants and young child feeding practices, dietary intake, so this is estimated or modeled data from the global burden of disease, uh, nutritional status and non-communicable diseases. And if you just look at this, this is showing you a bit of a snapshot of the diet nutrition uh, data. Here's diet data up here. So estimated per capita fruit intake in grams per day for, I think this is Kenya. Um, and if you clicked on the trend bar over here, there's a trend bar, um, you'll see a trends over time of the, this is really hard to navigate, trends over time of, of, of the data. And the same with nutrition and, 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 and non-communicable disease outcomes, we have the trend over time data. What we're putting into place now is the performance of those indicators. 
Are diets meeting the basic requirements? Are the, is the nutritional status on or off track? So we're developing some um, performance measures to be able to estimate is 300 grams of fruit per capita per day good or bad? So we'll, we're developing that as we speak. Um, the other set of menus and other users is this compare and analyze of the deep dive. And this um, is, is uh, based on a lot of the work that Arun did for the SDG dashboard, which some of you may have interacted with, in which we have all of our uh, key areas up here food supply, environment, individual factors, drivers, diets, and you can look at them on a map. Um, and we have many different sub-indicators here. So this is showing you agriculture value added per worker. Um, you can look at it in different graphic forms. Um, and you can compare two different types of data and look over time. Some of you may know this from Gapminder, Hans, the, the late Hans Rosling, uh, who really made this quite famous, um, showing how you can compare different types of, of data and show trends over time and, and the dynamics of that data. Um, we also, you can look at uh, these, all of these indicators by economic classification of countries. Um, so this is showing you again, still agriculture value added per worker. Um, you can also look at what we now have is some Euro monitor data. So this is showing you supermarkets per 100,000 inhabitants. So some of you might say, so what? Well, Euro monitor data is behind a paywall and it's incredibly expensive. And so Lawrence being the suave individual that he is entered an agreement with Euro monitor. Um, to make this data open access for everybody for 10 years. So we have a suite of food environment data that will be open access on this site, which is great. Vendor properties, per capita sales of certain foods like ultra processed foods, et cetera. So that's a, a great asset to the dashboard and we'll continue to negotiate with Euromonitor to give us more data. Um, so you can see here, this is the supermarkets per 100,000 inhabitants by income. And then we've developed these typologies um, in which um, we've developed five typologies from the very industrialized hypermarket type system like the lovely United States and then very rural traditional type uh, systems. And we have uh, four different gradients across those five typologies. And you can look at uh, data from there. So this is showing you share of dietary energy from cereals, roots, and tubers. Um, but then you can look within just one typology. So this is the rural traditional typology. And you can look at certain indicators. So this is the supply of meat. And you can see in India, it's 15 kcals per capita per day compared to the United States, which sits at about 500 kcals per capita per day. So you can really see some of the differences um, and so in this compare and analyze, you can download all the indicators for a specific country. You could download one or more indicators for all countries, um, look just deeply at typologies and do some comparisons of indicators across typologies, or you can just ignore the dashboard and download the entire data set if you don't want the dashboard to do any kind of visuals for you and you just want the data. So you have all those options um, that will be uh, available to you. And I'll turn it over to Lawrence. Was there anything else I wanted to say? Oh, on, on the, and then I'll turn it over to Lawrence. On the, on the dashboard itself, we are quite close. We're, we're doing data checks. Um, and we're going to be modifying the dashboard part a little bit. And Arun's probably wanting to kill himself right now. but. Um, we're doing a few things, but we're getting close, and it will definitely be available. We'll do a big uh, announcement when it's live. But what we are doing is sharing the link with people. So if you are interested in, in playing with it and providing us feedback, and, and at this point we want people who understand food systems data, know how to work with visuals, we would love to pilot it amongst some experts. So if you are a willing volunteer, 
please let us know um, and we would be happy to work with you in, in, in having you uh, play with the dashboard and, and give us feedback. We would really appreciate it. So I'll turn it over to Lawrence. Thanks, Jess. Um, I, just a couple minutes from me and then I'm going to turn it over to Arun. Um, so we have a domain name, I guess. Yes, yeah. we do. Um, and it will go live in the next month or two, we think. Yeah, .com and .org. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, we're really serious about uh, collaborating with partner organizations, and uh, that, that could take the form of lots of different collaborations. Um, if you have data that you would like to add to it, uh, we, we're not in the business of hoovering up data, because we have a ton already, but if you would like to uh, contribute some data and have it on this platform, I think we'd be really interested in um, looking at it and t talking about it with you. Um, Curation and maintenance is going to be quite a job, and we're, we're actively fundraising. We had uh, funding from uh, Children's Investment Fund Foundation and the Dutch uh, Ministry of Foreign Affairs, to and Bloomberg and, and a few other people, to set this up. But it, we, were, we were piecing together lots and bits and pieces of data. We're very grateful to our funders for that, but we're now looking for more funding to, to maintain, curate, and do all the other things we're doing. USAID are going to kindly support us to do a country case study through Advancing Nutrition, which is fantastic. Um, uh, yeah, and as I said, the, the goal of this is to be useful to policymakers. It's not, the goal isn't to be useful to researchers. You guys know pretty much where to go for the data. I think we're going to make it easier for you to get the data. And we've quality graded it, of course, but uh, the, main, the main audience is the, is the policymaker. And so, we really have to refine the dashboard with Arun and his team at iTech Mission. We're going to pilot it in Tanzania and Indonesia and another country. I can't remember what the third country is. Um, a really big job, and, and Jess and the team at, at Gain and Hopkins are doing this work on diagnosis. You know, what, what is on track and what is off track? So I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm used to seeing lots of data. But when I look at the dashboard, I'm a bit overwhelmed by all the data. So I'm thinking if I'm even in a policy monitoring unit within a Ministry of Planning, I'm still going to be freaked out by all the data that's there. So I want something that's going to tell me quite quickly, um, in an objective fashion, these are the, these, it's like a heat map. These are the, these are the hot spots. These are the bits that, of your food system that are not working very well. And it may be something like a heat map. And then I can go in and start looking at the data a bit more, more carefully. And then, of course, the, the super value added is, is linking uh, the, the hotspots, the bits that are not working well, to uh, an evidence-graded set of actions that um, we can, if you, if you have a problem with food loss, food waste, these, these five things have been seen to be successful, or at least promising, <laughs> in countries that are similar to your country with a similar food system to you. So it gives you a, it open, opens up a debate about what your food system look like, looks like. It opens up a debate about which bits are working well or not. And it opens up a debate about where to act. And if, if we don't have the last two bits, the first bit has a lot less value in, in our opinion. So that's what we're going to be doing over the next year. Uh, but we didn't, we thought why wait to make the data available to everyone, just make it available. Um, and that's it. Thank you. Did I miss anything, Jess? No. Thanks. Thank you. Okay, I'd like to thank uh, Ifri, uh, Hopkins, Gain, uh, Jess and her team, Lawrence and his team. Uh, it's been uh, quite a collaborative effort. And um, I think uh, eventually when it's launched in a month or two, uh, everybody, I think, should uh, like it. As Lawrence said, Yes, more of a decision support system than uh, uh, just a system for researchers. So that's FSD's already been covered. The food system dashboard's already been covered. So I have about three to five minutes. So what uh, we would be looking at is uh, basically uh, uh, platforms, open source platforms, to visualize your data. So I'll just uh, quickly start. I mean, and I'll try and take um, some data, which will, which is more on food. <coughs> like uh, prevalence for undernourishment. I just add my indicator and hit the button go. So what, we, what you're looking at right now uh, is that we, we, we are going, we are online. And instantly when you're looking at the data, you see all the data that are there at the regional level. I can select them all 
And as soon as I select them all, you will see that uh, you know all these visualizations up here, they come alive. And I can just click on one of them, look at uh, you know bar charts. So what, what we're trying to do here is we're trying to tell uh, data tell stories. Stories in a way where data we're making the data look good so that people are able to understand the data better. And uh, so there are different visualizations that one could be looking at. Oops. I'm sorry, I'm not so used to the IBM. I'm more of a Mac person, so that's the reason. <laughs> I'm not promoting Mac, though, but yeah. <laughs> and dif different visualizations, it could be Pi. So we, we keep building uh, different kinds that are there. I can swap the view, so that's a radar chart. So statistically, if you're looking at data, this may make a lot of sense. The how the data is being presented, how it's looking. What we have in FSD is, uh, it's very intuitive where you don't have to go look for an indicator yourself, but for advanced users, a platform like this is uh, definitely uh, good to look at and review. Then we have a tree map. So these are all uh, interactive visualizations which could be downloaded, presented, monitored, tracked. And I could also, I mean, you don't have to be a GIS specialist to thematically present your data. So what we looked at, we looked at uh, regional data sets. We, when we chose, when we hit the button go, we were looking at region. I can drill it down right here. I can uh, double click this area, and I can look at the data that's drilled down the South Asia and the country's data are available. Now I will just, in interest of time, I'll just go back here. Uh, okay, now what, what I'll do is I'll, I'll just, uh, you know, put the, I mean, to make the map, map look better, I will just select all the countries and I'll go at the map. So I could have a regional uh, uh, view of the data set. I could have a, a national, a country level, or I can go down to any subnational level if the data are available for that. Uh, okay. Then what we could also do is we could look at, we can build our, um, sorry. What we could do, we could not only at the geo level that you're looking at data, you can also be looking at data and compar uh, comparing several indicators at one time and building kind of a dashboard on the fly. So I looked at, I'm looking at uh, my data, you know, in a, in a card view. Here I can also, what I can do is I can add another indicator. Uh, let's say food insecurity. Use uh, prevalence so that so instantly what I'm doing is I'm presenting I'm looking at my data differently in different kind of visualizations and monitoring it tracking it even for dissemination uh, oh sorry we can we can have different kind of uh, you know charts there. Okay, so here is uh, something that we're doing for SDGs. Uh, okay, so what we're looking at is budget allocation. So if you have financial information available and if you want to visualize your data, uh, you know, differently looking at uh, the budget, so here is the total budget, okay? So this total budget available, it could be at any subnational level again. I mean, the geography is not a constraint. It can be uh, any level of geography. I click on it. As soon as I click on it, so what we're looking at, so it is, I, I'm uh, drilling down. So I'm looking at every SDG here, as, and what is the budget available for that SDG? And I can further drill down to see that in year one and year two, it could be multiple years, and you know how the budget is available. So I could, not only that, I could be looking at the SDGs by departments as well. So it could be thematically deployed, it could be geo-level deployed, it could be even done by any kind of, uh, you know, a sectoral uh, disaggregation that they may be available. So only one year data is available, so you could be looking at year as well. You could be looking at data by department, by SDG differently, uh, where you are able to see the, uh, you know, whatever, the budget is available. So th this kind of visualization is not only for budget. It could be for any uh, information that is statistically would make sense 
to show it like this. And then we could um, go by department as well. I don't know I'm, uh, if there is more time. No. Okay, I've been told there is no more. Uh, so I'm around just in case if somebody's interested, <laughs> we can be looking at it. And thanks a lot. Yeah. And then I would like to invite three discussants up. And these are people who are working in national food systems in low and middle income countries, looking at different aspects of them, um, very involved in, in the kind of thing I expressed before, which is how do we move from concept to implementation to specific decisions. Uh, so first I'd like to call on Olivier Eckert to come in. I forget where you're sitting. There. Um, Olivier Ecker is a senior research fellow in IFPRI in the Development Strategies and Governance Division, works with Nigeria and Bangladesh and other countries on national food systems issues. Uh, Gina Kennedy. Gina works for Bioversity International, or I guess we should say the Alliance of CAD and Bioversity. Um, and she's a cluster leader on the work to do with all the tools and approaches to do with diagnostics in, in food systems, in, in national food systems programs. And then Inga Brower, professor at Wageningen University in Human Nutrition, who leads the program on food systems for healthier diets in the CGR Agriculture for Nutrition and Health program. So I'll give you each five minutes to kind of make comments that, as, as a bit of the invitation to collaborate and to work together on this to make a few comments of what you see from your perspectives on the dashboard and, and how that could work. So, Olivier. Thank you very much, John. First and foremost, I would like to congratulate the researchers and the analysts and the developers for this very exciting um, tool and for completing now the first version. And I'm very excited to, to see the next version and how it develops um, in the near future. Yesterday, I had the chance to take a look at the dashboard already. And I enjoyed playing, playing with this new tool. So now my intervention focuses on, on uh, two aspects. First, I would like to comment a little bit where I see the main value of this tool and the contribution it makes. And then I would like to comment on three areas where I see some limitations and uh, potential for further improvement. So the first to the main uh, value and the contribution of the dashboard, first is the conceptualization. I like that this dashboard is motivated by a clear rationale, it formulates the explicit need for such a tool, and it is based on a clear definition of food systems. And of course, li I like that the whole process is informed by a conceptual framework, as, as uh, Lawrence has, has pointed out. The, the second um, part where I think is a great contribution is the food system classification. I think it's a great idea to classify countries according to their different food systems because that gives an opportunity to spark a debate or a discussion about, you know, where do the countries fit? Where is my country relative to another country? And I think it sparks this discussion by helping policymakers or the users to see what are the similarities between different countries and what are potentially systematic differences that they wouldn't necessarily expect from their country relative to another country. The third area where I think is a huge contribution is the wealth of information that the team brings together. There are so many different indicators from different parts of um, the food system and I like that you can compile different graphs and statistics and make them well visible on one view. So it gives a great overview of how a food system looks like across the different areas. Now to my areas where I think there's room for improvement. Obviously, any of these tools is limited by the data. So the indicators in that dashboard can be only as good as the quality of the underlying data. And here we know that they may vary from country to country and they may vary also within the different components of this food system. Furthermore, I think um, I felt that we all know that the food system, especially as countries develop, that the off-farm component, so outside the, the non-agriculture component are becoming more and more important. 
So I would like to see a little bit more indicator that describe, you know, what is beyond the agriculture sector, both in the downstream sectors as well as in, in the upstream um, sectors. The second area where I see a limitation is that this tool focuses only on national food systems. And that is the main limitation, I believe, for policymakers. Because policymakers ultimately have to target their policies and their investments by different sectors. So it would be helpful to maybe have some sort of a sector component because policymakers think in terms of sectors. That is how uh, ministries are aligned. And of course, they need uh, subnational data both by economic strata as well as by geographic regions in order to be able to target the different investments and policies according to the needs. This brings me um, to my third area where I think um, more can be done and as we just heard from Lawrence will be done which relates to the policy influence on the impact. I think the goal of all of us or most of us is really to influence policy making by providing information, high quality information through a dashboard like this one or other tools to policymakers so that they will be enabled to make better decisions that ultimately lead to a better nutrition and health outcomes. So I would like to learn more about what Lawrence mentioned, you know, what will be, you know, the impact pathways? How do you see the uptake in the different countries and how do you plan to get the buy-in from national governments or, or uh, other subnational information to make this tool as part of their decision process. Okay, thanks. So thank you very much, Lawrence and Jess and, and Arun. It's a really fantastic initiative. I also just have three quick points um, that I'd like to go through. So uh, the first is about, you know, is this timely and is it going to be useful? And um, how does it uh, merge with some of the other activities going on? So um, we, Inga and I, are part of the uh, Food Systems for Healthy Diets flagship, which is part of the CGR research program on agriculture for nutrition and health. And so we've been working on this topic of food systems for healthier diets for uh, a few years now. And um, our, our program takes a really deep dive into uh, what we call our focus countries. And those are Ethiopia and Vietnam, Bangladesh um, and Nigeria, thanks. So um, it's been very uh, timely that, that this has come up and our research program has uses, uses the high-level panel of expert conceptual framework as well. So um, it's timely for us to see how we're moving along um, in, similar, in similar ways based upon this high-level panel of expert a report that was published a few years back that Jessica led. So um, we also have a lot of complementary activities going on in our Food System for Healthy Diets flagship. And so I guess the first point is uh, on the collaboration. And just like to say that this event is, is already an example of our collaboration, but uh, that we expect that we'll be able to collaborate on our products and what we've learned in our focus countries and feed into this initiative. So it's very timely in that sense and that we've been working on very similar uh, ideas also. Uh, it's also timely in the sense that these countries where we've worked a lot with the national stakeholders, they have said that they, they have a demand for this type of information. So it's timely that it has established, um, we've established that there's demand for this type of information. So um, in those both those senses, I think it's really timely. Uh, my second point, though, is um, about how overwhelming I think it will be to try and synthesize 150 indicators. So we have a similar product that's a compendium food system indicators. It also suffers from having 75 indicators. And uh, so when Lauren said it's about describe, diagnose, and decide, you're going to have a really hard time deciding if you're trying to, I think, look at this portfolio of 150 indicators, it, it becomes overwhelming. So I really like the idea that um, you're trying to have a shorter set of indicators. We're also pushing for that. Um, and maybe there's different, uh, different times when you want more indicators and fewer indicators. But I think certainly for the policymaker standpoint, the fewer will be the better. And then the other point about policymakers is to try and tie it into the SDGs. So I really appreciated that Arun showed your SDG dashboard 
And I think the more, you know, because the countries already have to report on SDGs and now trying to understand my food system and how that fits in, I think is, is quite challenging. So the more we can do in food systems for healthier diets or food systems for more sustainable planet to tie that into the SDGs, I think the stronger that also makes the argument and the easier it makes for policymakers to take up that kind of information. And um, then my last point, and this is something that we definitely have focused on in, in our Food Systems for Healthy Diet flagship, is country ownership. So it was said uh, correctly that why generate data just for researchers to use? We can write our papers, but it's not really going to change anything. So the country ownership is really important, and I think that also goes along with the decide point. So there really needs to be uh, quite a lot of effort to take countries through what this data can do for them to help them to decide. Because ultimately, they're the ones who will have to change policy or put in place programs that will build healthier food systems. So with that, I'll hand it over to Inga. Thanks. Thank you, Gina. It's always the, the problem with being the third. It's a lot of issues um, have been raised, but uh, let me give it a try. First of all, I congratulate you of um, uh, the, the dashboard. Fortunately, I, always, I uh, was always able to, uh, to play with it a little bit. Uh, really nice. The visuals are also really um, attractive. And it's really great to have a lot of these indicators or data for these indicators now together um, in one place, uh, which is great. Um, but having said that, um, I also have uh, yeah, five points to make, which is more on the how. I think it's nice to have this dashboard. Um, uh, but it's good to think about the next uh, the next step in how is it going to be used, and I think it connects with what uh, Olivier said and Gina said. Um, it, it's very good to have it at national level, but as we know, at national level they have to manage and and, and the outcomes um, of changes at global level and also changes that are subnational and has been mentioned. Um, so how? Um, can info from the dashboard help uh, with that? Um, do you integrate global level changes that are not directly linked, uh, or they are linked but not directly uh, uh, at national level? And do you have plans to have indeed, for example, uh, more urban food systems uh, data? Linked with that is also that within a country, uh, what we have seen in our four countries, is there is no one uh, food system. There are several food systems. Um, uh, do you have plans also to um, do more disaggregated food system uh, typology in a country? Um, that will help um, as well. Then the link to the national level uh, policy. Um, I think it most important is to formulate or to, to know the policy questions that are in country. And I think that's really a difficult issue. And uh, if we look, for example, at the efforts that Nippon um, is doing uh, to, to, to get uh, the policy questions uh, that are out there, it's, it's really a difficult, difficult thing. And if you don't have these policy questions, um, how do you link then these data uh, to something that is useful um, at national level? Um, another point that has been raised is the target group. Uh, you say it's policymakers, yes, but um, on your slide it's much more. Um, it's researchers. I see the use for the research is very clear. It's also business leaders. I see the use a little bit less, but maybe you can explain how you see it. And indeed, prioritize essential indicators is important. But that also has a, a link with the food system typology, because we did this work. Um, also, it's Chris Boehner from SEAT who uh, wrote a nice paper on that. Um, if you use 150 indicators and uh, make food system typologies, it could be completely different than when you use 75 indicators or 50 indicators. So by ha choosing uh, uh, to use available data, you may miss uh, something which makes a country to be um, in a food system typology uh, different than when you use other indicators. Did you do some analysis um, on that? Um, then, um, look at the time um, I still have. I was a bit worried about um, uh, the indicators in the consumer behavior and uh, the individual factors. Uh, we also struggle uh, with it. But you said if we can't measure it, we can't govern it. 
So um, I got a bit worried. Does it mean uh, with a large number of indicators in, in food supply um, that we are uh, strengthening the su supply-oriented frameworks? Or how do you want to, to deviate uh, from that? Uh, and we need to deviate a little bit uh, from that. Then lastly, it's we do not need simple fixed measures. And we need to look at changing, changing interactions between um, agents in these different components. Uh, we need to address food system dynamics. How do you see this dashboard could uh, address these important elements uh, in food system transformations? And are we not running the danger to support a simple fix? Um, yeah, so these were my main how questions to you. Uh, th thank you, discussants. Um, before going to the audience and to the both in the room and online, I think we have a few minutes to let you react to that volume of <laughs> commentary uh, before we move on there. You don't have to respond to everything, things that you think are most important or pertinent. Um, so I don't know how you want to do that. Jess, do you want to say a few things? And then Lawrence and Arun, you're welcome to say something too. We'll take about five minutes for okay, to respond yeah, to I that. Yeah, thank so. you all for the, the feedback. I noticed that the negative list was more <laughs> <laughs> more substantive than the positives. Anyway, um, so you know, I think really great comments. We've talked about a lot of them it, it, internally. Um, on, on the country ownership, um, that's exactly what these pilots are for, is to have workshops with relevant stakeholders and countries to um, see if the, the dashboard is easy to use, do the visuals help, um, is it useful for decision making, what data do they want to see in the dashboard, what's missing, what data is irrelevant. So really a, a deep dive in these countries around the utility of the dashboard. Um, We've talked, and as part of these pilots, we're going to be looking at subnational data. Um, a lot of you who try to collect subnational data, it's incredibly complex. Um, you know, just getting food price data subnationally is complicated. And the ability to put that on the dashboard, are countries comfortable with allowing for us to have country collected, nationally owned subnational data? That's a, it's a big issue. So we, are looking to IHME because they are collecting subnational data, the local burden of disease some of you have heard about as opposed to the global burden of disease. So we're going to be uh, speaking with them, but also um, in the countries where we're doing the piloting, trying to really understand that subnational context because all of you know we live amongst many micro food environments and food systems. Um, and that will also be a bit of a temperature check on do people want this besides Florence and I? <laughs> I'm starting to think maybe it is. No. Um, uh, no do people want this and, and is it useful in, in decision making? And so really starting to understand ownership and, and how do we make it sustainable in countries. Um, and you know, more and more agree about the data and the limitations of the data. Consumer behavior, very difficult to measure. Knowledge, very difficult to measure aspirations. You know, we don't have indicators across many countries for these kind of things, so we have to think about how we're going to capture that. Um, and very much hear you on the, the data is only good as the quality of the, the, the original source. So the better the data gets, we will incorporate it into the dashboard, but the dashboard is not meant to create new data and new indicators. So when we see great data and we think that it's useful to add to the dashboard, we'll do that as long as it is representative of many countries. There's some really interesting indices out there that are for 13 or 14 countries. So um, we try to, to ensure that we're getting a range of, of different um, indicators. Um, and I'm going to leave Lawrence to answer the rest of them. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. Um, great, qu great comments. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Really, really super helpful. Um, the, um, so I've got seven quick points. Food, um, on, on, on number one, on country ownership, 
We're very, very cognizant of this, the issue. If we, if we get that, if this seems like some techie top-down thing that a bunch of people in Europe and North America are imposing on policymakers and countries, then it's just going to die, and it deserves to die. One of the things we're thinking about, and we've been talking to David Navarro about, is linking up this dashboard with his food systems dialogues that he's been running. Um, we think it, it's, a, it's a perfect complement to the dialogues. Open up space. They. They create, uh, they identify opportunities, they identify risks, but they're, and David would be the first to say this, they're data-free. Data so I think there's a, there's a natural complementarity there, but I completely understand. On business leaders, it may not be individual business companies, it may be business associations, um, Sun Business Networks, that are, that are present in uh, 40 different countries. Uh, so I think those kinds of business uh, networks would be interested in the, in the data because it indicates where the opportunities are for change, and businesses are always looking for that. Um, I think it's. I think the point about uh, will we will we end up with will will this uh, accentuate the tendency to look for simple fixes is a really important point, and we are mindful of that, but perhaps not as mindful as we can be. So I think we'll be now looking more closely at that issue because that's certainly not something we want to uh, reinforce. But on the other hand, you know, you do have to act. So it's, it's acting, but in a system, with a systems framework behind you. Uh, if you, if you, you get paralyzed by systems, I think many of us are paralyzed by the complexity of all of this, but we have to embrace the complexity and then figure out where to start. Um, so uh, number four is, I think this point also, Inga, that you raised about the volume of data that's available as a signal as a false signal of its importance is also really important. And I don't quite know how we're going to resolve that, but thank you for raising it. Um, on disaggregation, one of the things we're really quite, I mean, we agree with all the comments about disaggregation. One of the things we're really keen on is to get cities involved in all of this as well. Because as you know, cities are, uh, city leaders can, they have a smaller sphere of control, but a stronger sphere of control. So they can actually do stuff in their domains. And cities have food systems. So it'd be really interesting and important, I think, to get cities involved. And we have good connections with C40 and the Milan Food Policy Pact. So I think there is potential there. How to make the data less overwhelming. I was overwhelmed when I saw the first uh, dashboard. So we have to figure out how to do that. I think heat maps is the way to go, a way of boiling down data into, into problematic areas, um, but I don't know of anyone else who's done that. So I think it's, it'll be an innovation. Uh, maybe if you do, please, please tell us. Um, you can use all sorts of cluster techniques and all sorts of techniques to boil data down, but um, I think we, well, we'll be working on that this year. I'm not, my days as a researcher are long gone, so I'm gonna leave it up to the proper researchers to do that. And finally, I don't think any of us on the team are uh, complacent about the idea that change happens just because of data and technical stuff. Change happens because of politics and because of activism and because of community movements. Um, it also happens because of dumb luck and a confluence of factors uh, that occur at the same time at the same place. It occurs because of capacity as well. So we're very aware that you know there's a, there's a set of political things that, that need to be monitored and taken advantage of. There's a set of capacity things that need to be leveraged, but we feel that there is a part, that there's a role for data and evidence. And I don't have to tell this audience that how important that is, but it's not enough. It's, it's not even, sometimes it's not necessary, it's certainly not sufficient, but it's super helpful. Do you want to say anything, Arun? Yeah. Uh, just from a technology perspective, uh, I just wanted to let everybody know that the dashboard is designed and developed that it's scalable to whether uh, any level of geography, you can go down subnational level, or even we can think of uh, you know interlinkages with SDGs uh, because uh, we've developed SDGs dashboard as well, and uh, even thematically. I mean, uh, so out of experience, I can just comment on one of these points. But, I mean, I'm not a domain expert. Uh, is that uh, you know anytime you have a dashboard like this one, uh, you within countries because this says country level within countries you you create a sense of competition to go sub subnational level and they try and start uh, getting that data there. So that's another way to look at things. Uh, I don't know if it makes sense, but uh, it's 
it's definitely uh, does that because uh, they would say, oh, look, uh, you know, the, the neighboring country is doing that. And eventually it's for the good. So uh, that's another way to look at it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's it. Thanks, Thanks Arun. Okay, so now I'm going to hand over to the discussants for any final thoughts they have, brief. Um, so, Olivier, can we start with you, and then Inga and Gina? Sure, thank you. Um, I have two final remarks. Um, the first one is, I think this discussion pointed out that you are left with some critical trade-offs. Um, one of these trade-offs is, uh, one example is the comprehensiveness of this tool, be it sub-national level, including more indicators, and so on and so forth, with its focus and potentially accessibility and especially accessibility in developing countries. Because having been involved in these tools, and we at IFPRI are also working on those tools, or have been working, the question is really how does a farmer or a local policymaker can access this tool in country A, B, and C? And what are the technical capacities to do so? And how perhaps reduce you know, the size of it and the time for loading the entire tool? Um, and for these trade-offs, in terms of to make some uh, sensible and smart discussions, I would like to encourage you to really listen to the demand from the policymakers in the country and use this information to prioritize the different trade-offs. And the second point relates to uh, data and especially at subnational level. I believe that we do not have many of the data that we would like to have. As for one example, which I think it's more, which Inge brought up, is about local food systems, food systems for urban areas, and so on and so forth. Because we know that the food systems within the different countries vary quite significantly, and partly spread over borders in more rural areas. So, and that is why I um, would hope that we all think a little bit more about how we can generate new data, because that will also help then to inform tools like you. And I think we at IFPRI are trying to do this also with an urban food system, and A4H is doing the same. So there might be good opportunities for further collaboration. Thanks. I, I would like to raise or say one point, um, also raised by Ruert already. Um, I think the work you do with the food uh, system dashboard really allies with what we are doing um, with our food system resource center that will be launched also uh, soon. And I think it's complementary. Um, and also our experiences in the four countries will give a good platform uh, to test out the uh, food system dashboard very well. So I would like to offer you also um, our help and facilitation to test it out in the four countries we are working with. Um, also to enable you to add maybe um, innovations that we are trying out um, uh, to take that along with the dashboard. Um, so I invite you um, uh, to come along uh, with the A4 and H and try uh, to implement some of these things together. Yeah, okay, so the summary of the summary of the summary. <laughs> um, wh what I heard basically is that uh, people are very excited and you've done a really fantastic job of, of uh, generating that excitement and, and getting something on the board. Um, I appreciate it. Anybody who's launching a product on indicators gets very anxious because is there ever the perfect indicator? No. Will you always be criticized by your choice? Yes. So um, Rob Voss was very nice and just saying, just go ahead, launch it. And um, so I guess the take home message from that would be it, it's a living dashboard and clearly the world keeps moving and we keep generating new information. So um, Lawrence pointed out the Gallup World Poll that's about to launch a study on diet quality. So that will be very valuable. So clearly you want something that's flexible enough to continue to add data and continue to take user feedback. And that should also really be helpful for the country buy-in when countries know that it's up to them to add new ideas and and uh, make it useful for them. I guess the other thing that I thought was really interesting in, in terms of a final remark is um, what Jessica said about the PDF files uh, from the Global Nutrition Report. So um, I think that's also something where um, our Food System for Healthy Diet flagship could help um, in, in generating. We have a lot of data already for our focus countries. 
and in trying to test out with our stakeholders and country which formulation of facts, which formulation of indicators, and, and how to interpret them is most useful. So um, maybe it's through heat maps or through you know the red, yellow, green type of dashboard or something, but really trying to see with some really good in-country work how useful a collection, a smaller suite of these can be. But it seems like everyone's really excited, so congratulations. Okay, so all indices are wrong. Some, are, some might be useful, I guess. Um, <laughs> and uh, offers of support and help, I guess. And there's a lot of overlap with the Gain Country offices, too, in some of these things, I think. So let me give you guys the final word. Uh, hope that, yeah. You've got four minutes and 42 seconds. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, thank you all for the great um, comments. We'd love to, to talk to A4NH about the four countries um, and validating those there. I think that's a great idea. Um, on... Uh, how how the dashboard, if the data is available on public servers, it pulls every time there's an update from those different servers. So it's, if it's FAO, um, STAT, or um, other databases, it pulls from that. But there's also this back end of those that do not pull from that where we have to update them, like the Euromonitor data. So there's a lot of behind the scenes work. Um, I don't know what else to answer. I, I'm, I'm feeling under pressure. Um, the, I think um, the institutionalization of the dashboard, Emmy, great question. Um, Lawrence and I have been talking about this a lot. I mean, in one sense, we want it to be a standalone, open access uh, portal. So it's not really sitting on Gaines' website. It's not sitting on Johns Hopkins' website. So it's its, it's, its own standalone. I mean, I envisioned it being this global good that Gain and Hopkins continue to curate and maintain. Um, it obviously it makes more sense though if you know I leave and go to another university, which would not happen, Johns Hopkins. I'm very happy. <laughs> this is being live streamed, you know that. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it makes more sense to have a home like Gain, um, but a lot of these longer term portals like IHME sits at a university. So so Lawrence and I haven't really had that conversation yet in, in a deep way. We've just been sort of going as partners and friends and taking on this initiative as it comes. So I think it's a, a, a conversation we need to have. But just the financials go all through gain pretty much, right, wouldn't you say, Lawrence? The limited financials. Yeah. <laughs> which we get the scraps at Hopkins. No, I'm kidding. Um, yeah, but anyway, I think you know, the, the listening to the demand from countries, Olivia, is really important, and, and we agree. And um, yeah, and, and really look forward to partnering with all of you who, who are keen to do so. Thanks, Jess. Thanks again for really good questions and the good summary of summaries. Um, we'd love to work with A4NH on this, so that's... That's a yes from our side. Uh, we'd love to work with IFPRI more broadly on this as well. So that's a yes from our side. Um, having said that, you should know we've been spectacularly unsuccessful in raising funds for this. We've we've basically well, we been tried. we haven't well we we've been living on sort of scraps and bits and pieces we've got and small grants here and we've knit them together. And I, it's kind of understandable in the sense because if I was a if I was a donor, I'd want to know well what's the value added of this thing? What's the potential? So we're in that process, that uncomfortable place of raising enough funds to develop something, getting enough funds to show that it has value, and then raising more funds to... That we're in the valley of death. Any of you are in the uh, startup phrase, startup language. We're in the valley of death right now. So we hope we'll get through it. And you know, USAID have, have taken a, a gamble on us in, in a, one or two countries with, through advancing nutrition. And we're hoping we can convince them to do more of that. Uh, and also other funders as well. Um, I just wanted to say, so, so, so Emmy, I'm not fussed whether this is a Gain thing or a Hopkins thing. It, logically, it should be a UN thing, actually. When you think about it, it really should be based there. Um, so we're very happy to develop it and then hand it over to somebody else at some, at some stage. We want to make sure it's, it's up and running and it's healthy and it's, it's packing its way off to, to university and ready to face the world. You can tell my daughter just been to university. Um, so we're, we're happy to get it through its childhood and its infancy and uh, into adulthood. The, um, I guess the final 
the final point really is um, just don't think that we are um, don't think we're sufficiently naive to think that this dashboard on its own is going to change anything it's going to be something that's an addition to stories to understanding the politics of what's possible uh, to understanding whether so one of the questions was the capacity issues to actually use it or even implement it so we're, we're very alive to all of those issues and uh, we've kind of been in the business for a long time and we know what, what might fly and what won't fly. But that doesn't mean we have all the answers or we have perfect clarity or vision on all this stuff. So we will rely on all of you and others to help us uh, make, this, make this a better product and make it something that actually leads to change, which is what we will want. So um, thank you for being such a generous audience and asking good questions, tough questions, but also uh, giving us a few positives as well. Thank you. Thank you. So Thank you to Lawrence, Jess, and Arun for sharing this and uh, inviting discussion and, and collaboration. Uh, thanks to our discussants, and, and thanks for all of you, both in the room and online. Um, and uh, let's move forward. One minor announcement is Inga talked about this Food Systems Resource Center with tools and approaches and things. There's a bookmark outside as you go out. This is another progressive launch type thing for, for that, and it seems quite complimentary. So. If you're interested in that, there's a bookmark. And thank you all, and have a good day. <laughs>